the government works for us. We don't work for the government in, in all regards, whether it's taxation, whether it's spending, whether it's policies, whatever it is, we own the government. Here we are. Here we Welcome are. back to the tank. It's good to be back in the tank. Great to be back. Great to be back. We had some fun last week kicking off uh, this little mini series. Yes. If you didn't catch it, go back and listen to it. We are diving in to the Bill of Rights. Yes, we are. And mini series is called Know Your Rights. Is that what we decided? That is know what we rights. decided. Thank you for reminding yeah. me of that. That's right. See? That's right. Know your rights. That's right. Good right. Remember, it's it's expensive rights. to not know your rights, which yeah. is why we're getting to the bills. Mm, yes. The yes. bill of rights. Just go back just to listen <laughs> to that little gem from none other than Cody Hutch and himself. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're knowing our rights these days. Yeah. And, uh, boy, is it important to know your rights these days because if mm-hmm. you are awake, not woke, awake... <laughs> There's a difference. If your eyes are open to what is going on out there, uh, you would recognize quite quickly that it is a crazy, crazy world that we're living in these days. Yes. And when I say crazy, I really mean that the government, federal government, and depending on where you're listening to this, potentially the state and local government Mm -hmm. that you sit under uh, is certainly trending towards tyrannical if not already there and i would even say that based on looking at these bill of rights the government i would i would go as far to say is hostile towards you Mm -hmm. so what do you do when you are are the people that the declaration talks about and you are under the strong arm of a tyrannical government. What do you do with that? Mm. How do you live with that? And ultimately, how do you do what the founders intended you to do, which is to protect and to preserve your freedoms? And that's what we're talking about in this mini series, because in order to defend your freedoms and your rights, you got to know what they are. That's right. So if you don't even know what they are, and you don't know how to define them, you're not going to know when the government is infringing upon them. Totally. Yep. And there's plenty of infringing going on. That's oh, yeah. that's probably going to be one of our favorite words in this series, infringing. Yep. We say it all the time. But uh, last week we talked about the First Amendment. Like I said, go back and listen to it. But this week, Cody, we are diving into the Second Amendment. Yes. Which, if you watch the news, hopefully you don't watch too much news. But if you have your ear to the ground on societal, cultural issues, Second Amendment comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. We hear this all the time. Especially we hear this. Uh, I, I need to look it up. I'll source this here in a second while you introduce the Second Amendment. But there was a saying of never let a crisis go to waste. Oh, it's, a, it's a political yes, saying. Right. Some politician said I got to go look it up, like I said. <laughs> but uh, this amendment... And, and the idea of gun control and what to do with guns and bearing arms and all of that. 
seems to come up over and over whenever there's some bad crisis, something like that takes place. So we're going to talk about that day. Cody, kick us off. Let's yep. talk about the Second Amendment. Yeah, well, I think uh, if, if, if any of you even sort of know your rights, you know that this has to do with with guns, and we're, we're going to get into that. But just before I even read the Second Amendment, I think that it's uh, it's notable to um, kind of point highlight what Isaac just said about, you know, what do you do when a, uh, a country or a political power, whatever, a government becomes... Uh, becomes too powerful or be, or asserts their power in ways that they weren't supposed to. And, and we'll get into some of the history, but that has a lot to do with the Second Amendment. And it's a very, very important amendment, as is all of them. Um, but as it reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. infringed. He, our new favorite word, <laughs> at least in today's episode <laughs> and, and in the mini series. So, um, so yeah, that is the second, that is the second amendment, a L- little more straightforward or not a straightforward, but it's a little more succinct than, than last week's. We went through a lot of different, a lot of different, um, there were, there were different things in the first amendment. This is pretty straightforward. Uh, but you know, I think one of the first things that I want to state is about the Second Amendment is throughout time, it was pretty interesting that the uh, the Second Amendment kind of had this, there's been, I don't want to say a debate, but almost this understanding that whether you look at it from a collective or an individual standpoint of what this right protects. And what I mean by that is a lot of opponents of guns or proponents of gun control would say that the the founding fathers wrote this in a way that was only for the militias or the, you know, I mean, really was really only for the militias at the time. Yeah, which is, that's if, real quick, I'll interject. That's if they... I think that's true if opponents of firearms actually care what the founding fathers said. <laughs> There's a lot of people that just flat out don't care that they're just like, this is old. This is antiquated. Oh, it's sure. like the Bible. We for should sure. just throw it out. There are. Yeah, true. So yeah, the, I think what you're speaking to is true. There's definitely some that would try to still like pretend to be constitutional. That's, say, no, that's a well, good point. Yeah. But. There's plenty of people that are just flat out wanting to disregard the Constitution altogether, burn it down, and let's yeah. just. Go I think that's a really good, really good interjection to say there really are. I mean, I can't think of more than three, three types of people: ones who want to protect and preserve, and conserve, hence conservatism, mm-hmm. uh, our Bill of Rights, our uh, you know the, the Declaration, you know our our rights as Americans, and um, and then there are those who want to navigate around it and try to, you know, whatever, um, maybe like you said, reinterpret it. Yeah. That's a good way. Yeah. Reinterpret it. And there are those who, yes, want to throw it out outright and to restart over Mm -hmm. or to start something new. Yeah. Which is why you see statues getting torn down. That's why they always talk about them having slaves. They want to paint the founding fathers as white supremacist Nazis so that they can invalidate everything that they did, yeah, but nevertheless, sure. just an interjection. No, Go it's ahead. good. Yeah. So, you know, you have this collectivism versus individualism type thing and, you know, well, that was only meant for those in the mil- in the militia. Well, if you knew anything about American history, you would know that it was expected that 
every man was in the militia. It was expected to, that there was no delineation. The founding fathers would not have had any other language to, so they wouldn't have had a context to, to specify. There would have been no reason to. And honestly, just as you know, I don't consider myself to be super intellectual, but just reading this from a just regular grammatical perspective, it says, I'm going to read the whole sentence again, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That says to me that it's the right of the people to keep and bear arms and it shall not be infringed. So to me, pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It, uh, yes, it does say a well-regulated militia, but that's, that's, there's, there's a lot here that we're going to break down, but nonetheless, um, you know, for a long time, it was, it, what's really interesting is that the Supreme court never ruled in terms of a defense for the individual right until believe it or not, I'm going to give you guys a, 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 an era to even guess we're talking forties, fifties. I mean, geez, this was, this was, uh, almost 300 years ago when this was written 2008. Heller versus DC hmm. never once was ruled, um, you know, in, in defense for the individual right until 2008, which is very shocking. Yeah. I think that's probably because it never actually had to be protected well, to that extent. Exactly. Until 2008. And that's kind of what I was going to, what I was going to get to is like, I, I completely agree with you. It's really interesting to see. I mean, we've had, now we'll get, we'll get to that, but, but nonetheless, yes, I agree with you. So Heller versus DC, DC actually um, criminalized uh, handguns mm-hmm. in DC. Which just it's, it's like like oh. you couldn't own a handgun. I actually didn't know about this. This is this is pretty shocking. Yeah. So yeah. So DC, you know, um, outlawed handguns, and this lady basically said, "Well, <laughs> I want one, and it's my right to own one. I need to protect myself." Mm-hmm. And so basically, so yeah, so she and, and the Supreme court, um, ruled in her favor and they basically said that, you know, they just defended the, the, her right to own a gun based on the second amendment. Um, so yeah, that there's been others since, but that was, I just think that was really, in, that, that's interesting because it's, it is a, I would say a, one of the main what's the word I'm looking for arguments, I guess is, Hey, you know what? That's not for the individual. It's for the collective, but we we've had multiple and the first was in 2008 where the Supreme court says, no, it actually is an individual, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and this is a bit of a sidebar, but I, I also think it's really interesting. Like I, I hate identity politics. I'm not interested in identity politics, politics, separating people by race, by orientation, whatever. I hate it. It's stupid. Yeah. We're all human beings. However, I think it is so ironic that the people that would uh, promote and uh, propagate identity politics also promote and propagate this idea of gun control, which actually ends up working in reverse. And it is most harmful oftentimes to inner city minorities uh, mm. Like think of like women, totally. Like yeah, you put a man up against a woman, who's more defenseless for sure? Who's more vulnerable? Who needs the gun more? Oh, yeah. 
And I, so the the left loves to play this game of identity politics and talk about oh white supremacy, racist, blah blah blah. Right, I mean, there right. was not to be That's insensitive, really good but point. there were just recently, like we're talking like this weekend, huh. this past weekend, there were shootings, and they are trying yeah. to pin that as white supremacy until right. they found out, oops, oops, they're Hispanic. They were not all of them Hispanic. Yeah, that didn't fit into their neat narrative. Right. Uh, but how ironic it is that the kings of identity politics are the ones that actually propose these truly racist, sexist ideologies oh, yeah. and policies. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I heard Bill Maher, which I'm not a huge Bill Maher fan, <laughs> but he is kind of, you know, he's he's strong left um, guy, but he's been strangely based in some, some of these... Uh, talks in the past couple of years when it, whether it comes to COVID or whatever the case may be. But he was saying about guns, he was just, you know, the other day he was calling, he was, said the guns are the great equalizer. Like, and, and to the same point, it's like, I don't know, just sitting here thinking about kind of that where it's like, you know, women are, you know, uh, are obvious, not defenseless, but they're weaker comparatively to men. They, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be, if they, if they really do think that why, supremacy is a thing then you should be advocating for guns for the people to protect themselves Mm -hmm. and but anyway that's kind of going down a rabbit hole but yeah that's an interesting point yeah i don't think it's a mistake or i don't think that it's a coincidence that you see a lot of these uh inner city urban areas where crime is just running rampant yeah uh and along with that that one of the fastest population groups ethnicities that are increasing in gun ownership are blacks mm-hmm, for sure it's like duh yeah you live in chicago right. you live in new york city Dude, you live in no los joke. angeles yeah. you know that you're hung out to dry right so what do you do you go get a gun right it's like there's a reason that happens oh for sure yeah it's interesting just a just a, a quick side sidebar or side uh, interjection on on Sidebar to the sidebar. Sidebar, yeah. You know, this is just this is you're talking about guns, right? Just be, I think it's just interesting. There, the United States has 120.5 guns per 100 people. So that means that there are approximately 393,347,000 guns, which is the highest total <laughs> and per capita number. I know that gets me. That gets my patriot that. blood flowing. Per capita number in the world, and this is interesting too. Out of all of those guns. Only 22% of Americans own one or more guns. Now, that actually makes me a little nervous. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, well, I go both ways on that. It makes me nervous because it's like, ooh, we're outnumbered for sure. However, uh, I should be careful about saying we're because NSA or FBI is going to show up at my door and be like, uh, we need to take your gun. Right, I'm right. Like, Come and get it. Yeah, it's not, it's not you. I mean, it's not, it's not we, it's you. Right, you. They all my them, guns are in a in a zir, river somewhere. Zer him zer yeah. zim. <laughs> but I mean my one gun that I had one time that was a twenty seven. <laughs> twenty two. Yeah. It's gone somewhere. It's, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's a little bit concerning that we're outnumbered, but then on the other hand, it's like I'm okay with some people not having a gun. <laughs> yeah. Like Dude. you make me nervous with that. For sure. Yeah. See these uh these like we're we're going so deep down the sidebar train here. We're gonna bring it back, I promise. But I just gotta say, you see these trannies that are out there just like saying like outright, not even trying to hide it anymore. Like, 
just calls to arms, calls to oh, yeah. kill. It's like those literally, those literally are the people. Saw a video if you two can't weeks figure ago. out if you're a dude or a girl, yeah. then I don't want you. You're not fit to have a gun. Oh no. Yeah. L- literally saw that video two weeks ago. Some um trans person said, you know, if you're gonna prevent me from going into a women's bathroom, I will all, kill you. That's the last mistake you're gonna make. And then I don't really get to was. show yeah. my junk off to some girl. <laughs> yeah. You're a dead man or woman or them. Totally. You're a dead them. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it back. You got anything else to say? I mean, what does that amendment mean? Anything else on that? I think I think I think for me, I think the last well, it just made me when I was going through some of this study and I, I got a lot of this from uh, this website called ProCon.org that seemingly try to take t- tries to take a pretty good approach to one side or the other, and and kind of just reading some of the history. And it was really interesting to me to see that gun control has been around for a very long time, like prior mm-hmm. even to the Second Amendment. And it made me realize gun control is not bad, which <gasps> I know, right? That that's, 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 but when here's what we have to do as anybody who is a sane human being and are actually trying to be about truth and about goodness and things that are right. Like we have to hold things unbiasedly and not just listen to our emotions. We have to actually address facts and let the facts think about those things, assess them from an ethical and moral perspective, and then conclude what is right and wrong. That's what we should do. And when I was reading through the history, it wasn't that gun control is wrong. It's what gun control has turned into being. And gun control looked a lot different back then, right? It was, you couldn't have, you know, a loaded muzzle in a Boston home or um, you couldn't trade, you know, guns, which is strange, strange, strangely enough to like Catholics or Irishmen or Native American, you couldn't sell a gun to Native American. Now you could trade guns to Native Americans, but they were just, or even regulating how much gunpowder you could have in your house, right? There's all these different like gun control laws, but they all supported or at least didn't oppose the second amendment. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? So well, now we have to understand what is, you know, some of those, some of the pieces of the second of a second amendment, um, uh, you know, being necessary to the security of a free state, you know, and I, and yeah, I want, that's key. And I, and I want to let you talk about that a little bit in terms of, you know, because that is a, we, we, you started the, the, ep- this episode talking about, you know, what happens if a government starts to assert their power on you in ways that you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And we've seen for a long time, many nations, many, um, groups of people get, uh, thwarted by a government asserting its power on a, on a defenseless people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you hear a lot from the left and we say the left because we're just being clear and honest that the left is, are the ones that are constantly trying to, uh, I guess, institute gun control and, and to these draconian levels. So uh, you hear a lot from the left that, well, it's like, why do you need this to hunt? Or why do you need uh, an AR-15 um, for self-defense? Why can't you just use like a simple handgun or shotgun? 
what they are misinterpreting when it comes to the Constitution and specifically the Second Amendment is that when James Madison wrote this and when the framers ratified this, it had zero to do with hunting and even zero to do with self-defense. Right. Now, granted, the Declaration of Independence talks about the right to life, liberty, and property, uh, which then got turned into the pursuit of happiness. But nevertheless, you do have the right to life. You have the right to live. So self-defense is, is kind of implied there that if mm-hmm. someone's about to take your life, you've got the right, right to keep it. But when it comes to the Second Amendment specifically, what everybody at that time knew the Second Amendment was talking about was about a tyrannical government. Yeah. Because they had just got done fighting a war and they didn't know it at the time. Maybe they saw the writing on the wall, but like 20, yeah, 21 years later, they were about to get back into a war right. with that country and that government that was trying to control, oppress, and act tyrannically towards them. Right. So when they talk about a free state, and they're not talking about like a free Tennessee here. They're talking about a free union, like a state of freedom across the country. When they're talking about a free state, they are talking about the right of the people to not be oppressed by a tyrannical leader or a tyrannical government. And that's it. Yeah. So anything that pertains to the Second Amendment, if, if you're arguing for the Second Amendment or arguing against the Second Amendment, you are arguing a question of pro-tyranny or anti-tyranny. Yeah. That's it. Well, I mean, when you really look at history, there, <laughs> I just don't understand how anybody can look at history and not expect that to happen in a place where checks and balances aren't put in place like this. Like this is like the four, our forefathers believe in checks and balances. Look at our government. Right. And this is a other checks and balance like where, Hey, like, yeah, you're going to be our government, but you're not going to be allowed to get too powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good thing for we, the people. Oh yeah. Well, we've forgotten in this country, not all of us, but I feel like a lot of us have forgotten that the government works for us. We don't work for the government. Yeah. In, in all regards, whether mm-hmm. it's taxation, whether it's spending, whether it's For sure. policies, whatever Public it is, service. we own the government. Yeah, right. We control the government. Yep. And we do that primarily through voting. Mm-hmm. But even if, if tyranny has gotten so bad that voting isn't enough and they're coming for you, you have the right to defend yourself. Yeah. Well, just, and then uh, this last thing I'll th- say, and then I'll let you get back to, cause I really want to hear what you got to say about, about some of this stuff, but you know, just take a look at COVID and what happened during, you know, the, this, this, uh, pandemic quote unquote, <coughs> but Plan- pandemic, yeah, pandemic, right. We won't sidebar that one, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you look at places with, with that are touted as, you know, that have gun these gun laws, like I'm mean, just notably, Australia, um, Australia and Canada. I'll just, I'll yeah. point out Canada too. Yeah. Both of these countries, if it, well, and I know there's a lot of people who weren't paying attention, but, um, cause the mainstream media definitely wasn't talking about this stuff. But if you were paying attention to what was going on outside of mainstream media, 
you saw a lot of tyrannical, crazy stuff. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> it was it was it, it was, was straight nutty. tyranny. Yeah, it was straight tyranny. Um, and you know, I guarantee. Well, I mean, I I'm I, I I can guarantee you if we didn't have those 393 million guns and, and primarily probably, you know, spread out, but primarily more here in the South, but it, we would have seen the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you talk about that and people might say that are on the other side might say, Oh yeah, we'll prove it, prove it. You don't know that. You can't guarantee that. Well, there is tons of historical precedent and we're going to walk through them here like line by line real quick. But when you hear, and we're kind of now moving into like the infringement. So we've defined what it is. We've defined what the Second Amendment is intended to do, which is to protect the people's rights. And it's it's kind of our last line of defense. Right. That we don't want to have to bear arms. Heck no. But if we have to bear arms, if you're going to force me to bear arms, right. then I'm going to bear arms. Right. The reason that we have this as a last line of defense is because over the course of history, and I'm just going to look at the the 1900s, 20th century, and just call out a few examples here of when so-called, quote-unquote, gun confiscation, or today, of course, they like to try to spin everything and make it sound more positive than it is. You've, you've maybe heard of a gun buyback. If you hear of gun buybacks, or if they're so bold to just call it gun confiscation, then great. They're, they're being truthful with you. But a lot of times you'll hear about this gun buyback. If you hear of that, do not go along with it. Like at all costs, you might as well just surrender your life because here's what happens. So little history lesson for the people. Let's go back to 1911. The Ottoman Empire, which is uh, in current day Turkey. They uh, they invented couches, right? (laughs) Ottomans? Know, maybe. Oh, no. Ottomans? <laughs> Sorry. Sidebar. Yep. Uh, so the, the, the Ottoman Couch Empire, they, uh, like I said, are in present-day Turkey. They did a gun confiscation in 1911. That government did. Between 1915 and 1917, that government, not not a foreign government, not another government, that government slaughtered 1.5 million Armenians. Holy moly. Dang. In a span of two years. Jeez. Goes on here to say that this mass murder has become known as the Armenian Holocaust. Wow, dude. Let's fast forward to 1929. So that was 1911. 18 years later, 1929. We've heard of the Soviet Union. Yep. Lots of, lots of, uh, History on the Soviet Union. We've also heard of a dude named Joseph Stalin, which was on the good guy's side during World War II. But if you know anything about Joseph Stalin, you know that he was a brutal tyrant. Ooh, like he yeah. was not a good guy. No. He was the lesser of two evils, but not by much. Yeah. He was a bad dude. Right. So in 1929, I'm sorry, 1929, uh, private gun ownership was abolished. Totally abolished. And uh, there's not an exact number here in my notes, but just from doing the research, tens of millions of Soviet dissidents, Soviet dissidents, uh, and others perceived as threats to the government were rounded up and either murdered or placed in labor camps. Yeah. 
i.e. concentration camps. Now, there's something interesting here that I want to just draw note to. Just a little, let's keep the theme of the sidebars going here. Uh, Stalin once famously said, uh, during all this gun confiscation and, and purging the, the quote-unquote threats to the government, he said, if the opposition disarms, well and good. If it refuses to disarm, we shall disarm it ourselves. Mm. So right there, he just says, if they want to give up their guns, great. If they don't, we'll make them give up their guns. Right, right. I want to draw your attention just real quick to a time not that far ago. 2018, this guy by the name of Eric Swalwell. If you're uh, familiar with Eric Swalwell, he is a Democrat and uh, has been associated with saying some really crazy stuff and doing some crazy stuff, one of which is uh, being a spy for China, the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, I remember this guy now. Yep. So Eric Swalwell dropped out this tweet. Uh, You can go look it up. I think it was in November of 2018. still there. And the essence of what he said was that Similar to Stalin saying, if they give up their guns, great. If not, we'll take them from them and make them give up their guns. Swalwell said, if Americans fight against this gun confiscation that we'd like to perform, so be it. The feds will just nuke them. What? We've got nuclear bombs. That'll be a short fight. He literally said that. that it'll be a short battle. We've got nuclear warheads. Who who said, who says that? What, is he... I'm trying to look it up now. What does he What does he do now? Did he is he still like serving or something? You know, I'm not sure if he got voted out. Let me look real quick. Jeez Let's just like Google. Louise. Just pause real quick. Uh, we're we're googling this. That is insane, though. Eric, I don't know how you. You Swalwell. know what that kind of reminds me of while you're looking that up? It kind of reminds me when the World Economic Forum when they slipped or forum when they slipped up and was like, "You'll own nothing, own nothing, and you'll and you'll you'll yeah. be happy about it." Yeah, it's like they. It, the the enemy always overplays his hand every single oh, yeah. time. At some point, if yeah. you're paying attention, he'll show his cards. Yeah, so he's uh, he's a U.S. rep for California. No surprise there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think he's still in there. That's insane. He's still chilling in the house. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because, you know, I mean, this is the same rhetoric they've used for the last however many odd years about conservatives being, you know, like non-vaxxers being, you know, dangerous and all blah, 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 yeah. whatever. So let's keep going. 1929, that was the Soviet Union. Uh, bad stuff happened there. Let's go to uh, 1935. Uh, our friends over in China, they instituted uh, some serious gun control and gun confiscations. Oh, yeah. And this guy by the name of Mao, uh, who, once again, if you're a historian at all, you will know and associate him with being the most heinous, bloodthirsty, murderous dictator probably of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I don't say this lightly at all, like not at all lightly, but the Holocaust and the killing of six million Jews what Mao did to his own people mm-hmm. makes that look like child's play. Yeah. An estimated 65 million Chinese oh gosh, died as a result of Mao's repeated merciless attempts to create a new socialist dude. China. In 1935, they established gun control. 
uh, Mao famously said on at least two occasions in in speeches, every communist must grasp the truth. Political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. So not shy about it. He's, he knows where the power lies and he removed that power from his people and, uh, was, yeah, just absolutely, uh, abhorrent. And yeah, if you guys really want to get freaked out, just study a little bit of his, uh, his policies and how he changed the minds of his people and tell me that doesn't sound like what's going on today. Mm -hmm. It's freaky, freaky stuff. Yep. So 65 million. And again, this is his own people. So we're not right. talking about people getting their guns confiscated and then ISIS coming in or whatever the newest, latest terrorist organization is coming in or foreign countries coming in and like messing stuff up. Right. This is the government doing it to its own people. A couple more here. Uh, 1938, you don't have to go far. Uh, Germany, Nazi Germany specifically, under the leadership of a guy named Adolf last name Hitler, uh, instituted gun control in 1938. At about the same time, he ordered the extermination of Jewish men, women, and children. By the time the killing stopped, his murderous decisions resulted in the death of approximately 13 million people, including uh, all those Jews that were also included in that Holocaust. Mm. Uh, So, 13 million people under his leadership under that government in that country. Yeah. Um, last one here, 1956, Cambodia, the year this Asian nation issued its total gun control edict was 1956. And as a result of that, uh, actually looks like here in my notes, I'm reading, uh, that was kind of the start of it, but then you fast forward 20 years later, and that's when a lot of the killing happened. Hmm. You've got one million educated people uh, were were later uh, dropped off in these quote unquote killing fields. Hmm. So, hmm. Uh, just well, a little bit yeah. of a run through history there. Yeah. On I- if you say that you're concerned about the government taking your guns. And what's going to come of that? And the opposition says, you're crazy. What are you talking about? The government is here to protect you. They're Mm -hmm. here to help you. They're here to save you. They're not going to kill you. Eh. There's a long list of history that would say different. Well, I think that's what kind of strikes me when you read all of that. And that last one in particular, the length of time in between. Um, some of these policies that were instituted or laws, whatever. And then when like the killings actually happened. And I think that just reminds me that (laughs) these people are not dumb. The, the, and and obviously the enemy is behind this, like, um, Satan, like himself, like, um, and I'm not saying that God is pro gun or I'm not saying that what I'm saying is you, we have to take a, I think what I'm really trying to drive home is, and this is what we will get to later too, of just how important it is to go deeper, go deeper. This is not even about guns. Like this is deeper than that. Um, and 
the enemy will wait. He will change your thoughts. He will change your mind so that your actions change, so that your habits change, so that your character changes, so that your legacy changes. He's after, he, he will wait. He will, he will wait for the right time. And we've seen this play out in our country for decades, mm-hmm. for decades. I'm not even talking specifically the second amendment. Now I'm just saying we're seeing a lot of things come to, to a head or more so to a head based off of decades of changing minds, changing thoughts slowly, but surely slowly, but surely methodically, you know, one thing after the other. And the, it's just so interesting to me that we now have a people who trust the government so much that they're actually, they're actually unsafe. Like mm-hmm. they're the unsafe people who are making it unsafe for us yeah. because they're allowing this to happen right. and to be carried out. And I guarantee you, this is what, this is what gets me so heated or it, it's like a mixture of being really angry, but then also scared for the future in a way of not like a, I know we win, I get that, but in a way of just like, gosh, this doesn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are still in a really good place to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this. Sorry. But there's so many people <laughs> who trust the government who are going along with going along with it that I, ju- I just, it, it just is hard to hear that mm-hmm. and just, and to know that there are people out there who, well, somehow they believe that the government's not going to do it. Yeah. Well, they just don't want to face the reality that, and we've said this a lot and we hear this a lot that guns don't kill people. People kill people. So whenever, uh, a tragedy happens and again, it's not making light of them. I hate no, them just as much as anybody yeah. else does, but it's not the gun's fault, right? It's the person's fault. So don't target the guns because it always ends up when you target guns, it always ends up once again, it's like we talked earlier about how ironically there's some like racist elements to gun control. Mm-hmm. Well, also ironically, it always ends up hurting the innocent people. Sure. It always yeah. ends up hurting the people that do abide by the law. Totally. And, it, and it, yeah. it makes it easier for criminals to actually break the law and go get the gun and then continue to break the law. Right. And they have more power at that Defenseless point. people. Right. Exactly. So uh, gun confiscation, gun buybacks, that's going to be like, it's not far off. And that is a direct infringement. Like that is the biggest yeah. infringement upon our rights. But something that's been getting thrown around also recently that I want to bring light to real quick is what you might hear called red flag laws. So if you don't know what a red flag law is, I'll, I'll, they can be kind of complex and, and they can vary. But in, in its simplest form, a red flag law is a law that identifies individuals that would be unfit or unsafe to possess a firearm. And it prevents them from doing so. Now, you hear that at first. You're like, oh, well, that makes sense. I don't want some crazy lunatic to have a gun or be able to get access to a gun. The issue with Mm. every red flag law that's ever been proposed is that they are never specific enough or they're too broad so that... They can fill in the blanks. You can just decide... Yeah. Who it would becomes be crazier yeah, unfit? It becomes subjective. Yeah. So yeah. you know who? I guarantee you nowadays, you know who would be unfit? Transphobes. Transphobes. Hundred percent. Cannot 
have guns. You know why? Because they're genocidal. Dude. <laughs> they're committing genocide against us. Homophobes. White supremacists. Right. Which, and can I, I'm not, and I say all that, yeah. and and he, hopefully you hear kind of like the, the satire in this. It's like, we are not proponents of white supremacy, but <laughs> we believe that white supremacy is completely blown out of proportion. Let's just be honest. Everything is white supremacist in this day and age. And, and just, it's just, just not throwing this out there, the average uh, American gun owner, 74% male, 82% white. <laughs> So I'm just thinking like that, that gun law, yeah, like right. that fill in the blanks yeah. of who they're coming after. I mean, just those two facts exactly. alone. It's yeah. just like, yeah, 82% of gun owners need to lose their guns under red flag laws. Yeah. So, uh, now I, I bring this up again because we've seen just recently here locally in Tennessee, covenant shooting, awful, tragic, horrible thing. Why on earth and, and Bill Lee personally, like he's done a lot of great things. I voted for him to be governor because he's better than the other choice, but I'm just going to like call it out that he has proposed all of a sudden, like kind of had to change a heart in light of the events at covenant. He's proposed a red flag law and the heck? he's asking the Tennessee house and Senate to vote on it oh and vote gosh, it into law. Dude. So, it, I, I find it interesting, and, and I just want to caution everybody that... Setting a reminder on my the, phone to contact his office. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. Contact him. Contact your local representative and tell him, do not pass a red flag law. But I, I find it interesting, and it's something for us to be aware of, that when you look at American history, when large gun reform or gun control has taken place it has almost always been on the heels of a criminal breaking the law right so yeah 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 for example 1934 president fdr uh in my opinion one of the worst presidents in the history of the united states <laughs> unpopular hot take there uh we'll, we'll maybe talk about that on a later episode uh 1920s, 1930s, there was a ton of organized crime. That was the, the era of the mob bosses, the era of the mafia, all of that. So that is the thing that triggered FDR to implement a, a gun control measure, which was applying tax on the sale of firearms and then also uh, having a national registry for those firearms. 1938, he took it another step further. Uh, let's fast forward to 1968 now. Lyndon B. Johnson, another terrible piece of crap president. Uh, no disrespect to the office, but Lyndon B. Johnson was but no good. Disrespect to Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> disrespect, hard disrespect to LBJ. <laughs> so what had happened just before LBJ passed his uh, or, or uh, proposed his gun control that did eventually get passed? John F. Kennedy gets assassinated. Uh, John oh. F. Kennedy's brother gets assassinated. Martin Luther King Jr. gets assassinated. Oof. So again, Dang. tragedy yeah. stirs up the emotions, right. and it's the train that they ride in on to pass this junk gun control. And that's what we see today. You see today that anytime mm. yep. there's a shooting, and again, we just had a couple in Texas. Uh, anytime there's... Yeah, like the Covenant shooting, anytime there's a 
notable occurrence where multiple people die at the hands of a gun, which is being held by a person deciding to use that gun, there's always calls for gun control. Yeah. And let's not let's not mention that, you know, especially the three the three shootings in Texas. I don't know about well, I think all it, was, of, it was two shootings. One of them was a oh, guy yeah, in a car that right. was just running over people. That's right. There were three killings, but yeah, two shootings. I'm not sure about the other guy, but the one guy was deported four times, legal immigrant, here illegally, had beat his wife. Like he the, like let's not talk about immigration laws, let's talk about gun control. Yeah. Like it is the most surface level position to look at gun control. You're yeah. only scratching the surface. You're only addressing the tip of the iceberg when there's all kinds of crap. Well, that's what I would just say is with. that, you know, it's like we were talking about the gun control laws earlier. We've had gun control laws longer than we've had the Bill of Rights. And why are we just now having gun problems? Why are we why are we now having mass sure shootings? Why are we why is this now a hot topic? Why wasn't it always a hot? If it was the guns, why hasn't it always been the guns? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason that homicides have gone up a lot more lately and crime has gone up a lot more lately, but guns have always been around. I mean, mass shootings when now, you know, the first, I don't want, I'm not, now I'm not speaking from a facts perspective. I'm just speaking from my recollection. I grew up in like not too long, you know, I, I don't remember how old I was. It was the nineties. It was Columbine. You know, that was like one of the first big school shootings. Mm-hmm. And since then, I mean, I think it'd be safe to say we've seen a lot comparatively. Right. So why in the past couple couple decades have we seen a spike? Mm-hmm. I mean, could it not be uh, social media and how, you know, the internet has allowed, you know, I don't know. Could it be the fact that we have, you know, uh, I don't know. Kicked God out of our country and said no yeah, more prayer in schools. Uh, and um, you know, gay marriage being legalized and basically saying, "God, we're not following your ways anymore." Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I and I listen. I understand that that's not so cut and dry to say. How do you? And this is really a, a question that I think about all the time because for us and our views and in the reality of the situation like what we're talking about, the guns that are the, uh, the shootings is deeper than the object that is being used. Right. Mm -hmm. It is a symptom of a deeper root. We see it all over the place. Like if someone wants to kill somebody, they're going to use a gun. If they got to use a gun, they'll use a knife. If it's not a knife, they'll use a car. If it's not a car, they'll use a pot. (laughs) Like they'll use a rock. I mean, they'll figure it out. Cain killed Abel with a rock. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I guess it's, you know, it's, it's hard. It is hard to navigate this in a, in a largely godless culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and along with the godlessness comes the deception. And, yeah. and I would make that argument that mm-hmm. the, the idea of gun control. And when we hear the left talk about gun control, gun control, gun control, that is deceptive in nature mm-hmm. because if you really cared about the crimes that are being committed by people that are using guns to commit these crimes, then you would like go to Chicago and clean house. Dude, totally. There are way more homicides that are committed by people using a gun in Chicago gangs than there are in all these mass shootings. Like it's not even close, but they're not doing anything in Chicago. They just elected some mayor that's worse than the doof they had in there before. Right. 
So don't talk to me about wanting to confiscate or buy back or put controls on my guns because you're addressing like one tenth of a hundredth of a percent of the problem. Yeah. But yet the FBI is targeting parents who are standing up for their kids. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so like backwards. We, we, we have the power. Mm-hmm. It's just, what do we care about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So second amendment is designed specifically for us to be able to protect ourselves and our country yeah. from a tyrannical government. Right. So when you hear buyback, when you hear red flag law, let your antennas go up right right to your congressman, right to the people that are responsible for being able to pass or not pass that bill. Mm-hmm. And hang on to your last line of defense. Because if you let it go, right, history shows us what's coming. Yep. And that's and that's I was just gonna say in closing, I am hundred percent because that's what I'm that's what I am thinking about is that for us who believe whatever it this is our last line of defense and this is this is the bill of rights these these are our rights we need to know them and we we need to defend them because even if we can't you know in in uh engage with people or to change other people's minds this is set in stone and it needs to remain as such or our we will be next on that list